Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope that you had a happy, long weekend last weekend. I had a real joyful one. Phyllis made me go to the graveyard and told me where I was going to be buried under her. <laughs> she wants me to be buried someplace. I, so finally I just said, I don't care wherever I'm planted, I'm going to come up. She said, well, I am too. I said, well, maybe we'll meet in the air. I might go to the left knowing you're going up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Hallelujah. Yes, we had to go to the graveyard, had to drive around, had to talk to people. Oh, am I glad that's over. Hallelujah. Hey, let's turn our Bibles to Luke, the fourth chapter. I know that your Bible may be wearing out there, but we're going to start it again. Luke, the fourth chapter. We're talking about the world of the kingdom or the kingdoms of the world. In Luke, the fourth chapter, verse 1, it says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those forty days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones that this stone that it be made bread and jesus answered him saying it is written that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word of god and the devil taketh him up into an high mountain and showeth him the kingdoms plural of the world in a moment of time and the devil said unto him all this power power is an indication of kingdoms. Kingdoms are based on authority and the right as well as demonstrative power. And it said, I give you all this power, will I give thee, and the glory. Every kingdom is filled with glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. Whomsoever I will give give it. Now the word kingdom is made up of two words, king and domain. It's a king's domain. It's a king's domain. Can I have that on the screen? Did I get that put in there, Daniel? Now, king plus domain means kingdom. Now the territory or reign of a region over which a king rules or influences those under him. That's what a kingdom is. Now, there, are, there is more than one kingdom because the devil reveals that there are plural kingdoms and they were delivered unto him. Now, those under his rule carry out his will, his decrees, and his purposes. Every king that rules a territory has people under it servants, subjects, whether by will or by bondage, that carry out his will, his decrees, and his purpose. They become reflections of who he is. You know that people that are living in uh, other countries, 
whatever that ruler says about another nation, they believe. And pretty soon the people become reflective, not only in the way they dress, not only in the way they live, but in the way they talk and the way they think about other countries and about political things as well as about family. So we understand that a kingdom, a king's domain, is reflected through the life of those that are in that region. Jesus told us in Matthew, the seventh chapter, that you will know them by their fruits. Know what? The children that are born of a, under a kingdom or those servants under that kingdom, you would know them by their works, by their fruits, what they think, how they talk, what they do, how they perceive, how they act, how they react. And then also in John 8, 38 through 47, we found out where Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, and they said, we are the sons of Abraham. And Jesus said, you can't be the sons of Abraham. They said, but, but we, are, we, we aren't born of fornication. And Jesus said, well, if you were the sons of Abraham, this is how you would think. This is what you would do to me. But now you go about to kill me. And the reason you go about to kill me is because you are under the domain of your father, the devil. He's a murderer. He's a liar and he's the father of it. And you do the works of him. And so Jesus says, you know what? I know you're not of the kingdom because if you were of the kingdom of God, you would hear my voice as Abraham heard my voice. And so we understand that People that are under a territorial rule of a king reflect his influence on their life. And so, when we talk today, we're going to establish that there are seven kingdoms or places of rule or influence that govern this world. And each kingdom, each domain, each place of power and influence shapes our culture or produces the behavior of the civilians or the citizens or the society that let that rule into their life. In other words, when we are under the influence of anyone, we ultimately become shaped to think, talk, and act like them. These kingdoms, these domains of authority and power shape societies and bring belief systems to our civilized world. Now, the kingdoms that we're going to talk about, these seven kingdoms, these are not new kingdoms. They are not new to the 21st century. They were created before the foundations of the world before the foundations of the world. Let's go to Isaiah 46.10. Isaiah 46.10. God creates these seven kingdoms because he understands man's need. He understands where man is headed. He knows his need. He knows his desires. He knows all things because he's created man. Now, in Isaiah 46.10... It says this, God declaring the end from the beginning 
and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasures. Now, these kingdoms were set up, enabled, empowered. The, each kingdom is set up by God, has power attributed to it, and has influence attributed to it. Connected to that power and influence are the manifestations of glory, which means honor, which means uh, revelation, which means integrity, which means also wealth and unveiling. So each one of these kingdoms is filled with power and filled with glory. Now these kingdoms were created to be ruled by man with God as Lord over them all. Let's go back to Genesis 1.26. Genesis 1.26, and we'll, I know we've been here before. We're going right back. Don't worry. God hasn't erased it, so it's still good for today. Amen? Amen. Oh, I know that scripture. I know it. Let's just turn and look at it. Genesis 1.26, And God said, Let us make man in our image, and, oh, and after our likeness, and let him, them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over everything, every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Next verse. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. In this passage of Scripture, we find two things. There are really two words in verse uh, 25, and it says this. It says that God gave man, told him to plenish the earth, and then he said, subdue it and have dominion. The word subdue means this. He was told to subdue them, which means to bring into subjection or to vanquish all resisting authorities. And then he was to have dominion. He was to take reign, to take rule. He was to prevail against. He was to tread enemies down. And he was to enslave that place of power and influence. Now, the devil says in Luke 4, 6, he showed him all of the kingdoms and the power and the glory. And he says this, because they were delivered unto me. How did the devil get the kingdoms? Somebody say, when Adam fell, all authority moved from him to his conqueror. Now the devil has reign over these. Was that God's intention? Absolutely not. Remember, God says this, I will not share my glory with anyone. That glory was to be given back and used for God's unveiling to generations of righteous people born of Adam and Eve's seed. But when he sinned, the power and the glory of these kingdoms that God set up to influence, to shape, and to mold the cultures that were serving him were then put into the hands of the devil. Now, can everybody understand that? Okay. We understand that these kingdoms were made before the foundations of the earth. God understands 
understood that there would be a family replenish the earth. He understood that there would be education. I know Abraham. I can trust him. He will raise his children in my ways. Government. Jesus was what? The government were upon his shoulders. There is finances. God would bless thee. And what did God do to Abraham? Abraham was very rich. And Abraham said, I'm not giving the glory of my wealth to you. I will not take a shoe latchet from you because God is going to be the one that makes me rich. And then entertainment. God knew that man's heart would be filled with inventive ideas of how to interact with each other. We'll be talking about that. Media. God understood that man has an ear, a mind, and eyes that need to be influenced and had to be influenced. And so he created these seven kingdoms. God understood there needed to be a church, a place where people learned about God's presence and about his ways. We're going to learn about that in just a couple of moments. So we understand that these things were given before the foundations of the earth. Now these things were then given into the hands of the devil. They were never designed because remember, the kingdom, the power, and the glory is resting in those kingdoms. The devil said, I will give it to whom I will give it to because whoever has authority in those kingdoms then can give that authority to another. That's what Adam did when he sinned. God gave it to Adam. Adam relinquished it and gave it to the devil. Now we have seven kingdoms. Six of them are now dominated by evil principalities and powers. They now use that power and that glory to oppose the kingdom of God. Could have get an amen. Hallelujah. And so realize this. Uh, let's go to Luke 11, 20 and 26. Because wherever a righteous man does not fill or possess the area of a kingdom, Satan will move in. Luke, the 11th chapter, verse 26, and says, Then goeth he, uh, let's go up a little. Go up one more. Oh, right there. Whoop. There you go. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Now, does anybody realize what happens to the unclean spirit? He is dethroned. He has to relinquish the power over that man and the glory that accompanies that man. David, do you know that you have a dimension of glory with you because you were made in the image of God and his likeness? Amen. Amen. Yep. Hallelujah. Remember when we were recreated, the Bible says that he crowned us with glory and honor. Glory and honor. So if the devil can rule over man, he uses his authority and his glory and honor for the kingdom of darkness. But when this spirit is gone out of a man, now this man, this devil, this spirit, has no place to reign from. So he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, findeth none. He saideth, I will return to my house from whence I came out. Next verse. 
And when he cometh, he findeth it swept and garnished. Notice, not filled. Then he goeth and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. What does the devil do? If you do not fill voids in your life where faith is not prevalent, where faith does not reign, where God does not have rule. Remember, Jesus cautioned us, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What he's saying is this, seek places that God has not had reign over your life when you were in darkness. Fill those places of power and glory. If you don't, there will come a wicked one and he will bide his time and he will seat himself in your life. That's why we have men and women that are born again but have demonic, ongoing, underlining activity in their life. Why? There are certain places that they don't fill with the rule of God. Poverty reigns in a man's life because he has never established the rule of God in his life. So everything that governs the man is need. Seed never governs him, neither does tithe, and neither does faith. It's the truth. Sickness is the same way. Not that we don't go through sicknesses, we battle our ways through sicknesses, but an adaption to a sickness, instead of keeping faith active in it, will ultimately create an abiding familiar spirit that will go from generation to generation, that will alter your DNA and your cell makeup, and they will find the same things in you that your mother and father gave place to. Did your mother ever have uh, uh, sugar diabetes? Yeah. Well, you know, you have the first fruits of that. What is that? What is that? That is the birthright of something ruling your life that you should not be ruled by. That's why it's important that parents, if you're dealing with a sickness or a disease, stop it right now. But I've been using my faith. Keep using your faith because you may not see the end of it, but your generation will reap the benefits of your faith. You keep doing that. Don't build a bridge and create a mindset to your children that it's all right for you to be sick or oppressed or have sugar diabetes or this or that but that you have stood and you fought the fight of faith. Amen. And they saw you fight and not resign to it. Amen. Amen. Parents, if you have addictions, whether it's to pornographies or if it's uh, unfaithfulness or lying or stealing, please listen to me. If you don't rise up and start breaking the power of that thing, you're going to give birth to a bunch of lying pornography kids. 
They won't even know why they're drawn to it. But you built the bridge to it. You can call them familiar spirits. You can call them generational curse. I don't care what you call them. I call it laziness. Nobody should have to endure what a generation that discovered their righteous privileges should deal with and destroy. Could I get an amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you. All right. Now, so here, when we as Christians don't fill these voids in our life, listen, please, look at your life and see if there is a criteria of something other than the Spirit of God controlling your life in an area. If it is, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Mount an assault upon it, overthrow it, take it back so that your kids can rule under the dominion of righteousness. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Now, these seven kingdoms that rule our world form our culture, our society, our civilization. In other words, it creates a belief system which creates values, morals, worship, responsibility, faith, as well as faithfulness. See, when we, these seven kingdoms right here, reign people's lives, we are going to see the reflection of that in our society. In our society. Now, this generation right here, this kingdom in this generation that appeals to the ears and the eyes more so than any part and induces thought to the intellect, guess what? This media promotes what? Godlessness. Godlessness. It promotes godlessness. And so, in the promoting of godlessness comes immorality, comes a breakdown of value, comes a breakdown of any faith, comes a breakdown of any type of faithfulness. Like, you can get divorced. I mean, Hollywood stars get divorced. I mean, they think it's a miracle. They say married three years. What is wrong with them? Every movie is based on like, you know, even Hallmark. I know you women love it. Hallmark. It's always on somebody being unfaithful to somebody and marriage being broken and them falling in love right at Christmas time. <laughs> and Thanksgiving. But what, what, what is that? It induces that, look, divorce isn't so bad. Happiness really can be found on the other side of it. And so it's acceptable. And we have got to stop this stuff because we are producing this in a generation and it's being induced into our churches. And so this, just that media right there erodes the values of everything. We listen to hip-hop. We listen to music. You know, my word, country and western, you pick the fine time to leave me, Lucille. Four hungry children and a crop in the field. He don't care if she goes, it's just a bad time. Yeah, hip hop. 
all they talk about is, you know, she's my whore, she's my da-da-da. And guess what? The dancers back it up, then people get that mentality. Everybody in hip-hop does not show their crack and is free to anybody that asks for it. Come on, could I get an amen? Listen, but that is the culture is that is being formed in our nation, affecting our churches because of that one kingdom that has not been possessed or attacked or approached by the church. And so it rules. You know, now we have entertainment. We so love TV because it's a built-in free babysitter. Go watch TV. So they come out quoting the Smurfs. Some witchcraft chant, I don't know. They come out watching uh, Sabrina the Witch or whatever, so they're in there doing this. You know, instead of laying hands on them, they're doing a wand deal. Their friends are falling out under the power. Listen, you can't just give your kids over to TV. Amen. Amen. You can't do it. Even news now cusses freely. So you have to be careful that we don't allow this media right here to come in and to brainwash our generations that are coming. Now, the first kingdom that God reveals to the church or to the world is the kingdom of the church. Now, if you'll go over uh, to... Exodus 19, Exodus 19. Now the church is not the kingdom of God, but it is a kingdom that has submitted itself to the rule of God. The kingdom of God has to do with angelic hosts. It has to do with control of the universes. It has to do with control of all of creation. And it has angelic structure in it. The church has no angels or angelic members. Could again, amen. Yeah, the church is not built out of angels. It's built out of people that have confessed Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. All right, Exodus 19, 5 through 6. And it says, Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. And there, these are the words which ye shall speak unto the children of Israel. Now notice this. The criteria of being in that kingdom. You have to obey and keep its commandments. Amen. Could again, amen. That's what establishes. And then God says, I create unto you a kingdom of priests and holy nation. When Israel came out, they became a people that obeyed the orders of God, commandments, structures, judgments of God, and they became a set-aside nation. They became a kingdom, a group of people that were ruled by choice by God. Therefore, they were called in Acts the the church in the wilderness. This is the church in the wilderness. That's what Israel is. Now, the church in the New Testament, Romans, if I could have Revelations 1, 5 through 6 up there, notice what it says about 
the New Testament church in Revelations. And it says, And from Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten from the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins by his blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God. And the Father gave to him glory and dominion forever and ever. Notice, now we are kings and priests. There was a church in the wilderness. Now there is a church in present time. The church in the wilderness was made up of the nation of Israel. The church today is made up of Jew, Gentile, Greek, bond, and free. Amen? They are made up of a Gentile nation as well as a Jewish nation. So the church is made up and is, again, a kingdom of priests and of kings unto God. God rules that group of people. Could I get an amen? Absolutely. Now, the New Testament church was Israel under God's rule, but now is the church under God's rule. Now, having said that, that's the first kingdom. Now, let's go to Exodus 3, 7 through 8. Exodus 3, 7 through 8. Now, God has got them in Israel and into a, moving them into Canaan. And what are they? They are a nation, a kingdom. Somebody say a kingdom who is ruled by God. In Exodus 3, 7, it says this. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. Remember what Egypt was. It was a church, an assembly of the damned that were gathered together against God's plan and purpose. We looked at the meaning of that. And then have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Next verse. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land, a large land, unto a land flows with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, to the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Notice that God has established one kingdom, his people. They are ruled by God's word. They are obedient to his commandments, statutes, so forth. They are the church. But these six kingdoms, God brings them into a land where these kings rule. These kings are symbolic of these other six kingdoms. These kingdoms, God tells Israel, have nothing to do because if you intermingle, get in with them, your sons and your daughters will leave me and join themselves to their society, to their culture, and to their gods. That's why when these kingdoms were taken by the sin and the transgression of Adam and Eve, now these kingdoms opposed the work of God just like those six nations opposed Israel from inhabiting God's best or God's Canaan. Good again, amen. All right. Okay. So, and when we see this, understand that each one of those kingdoms are ruled by people by men and women, physical beings. But behind their rule is what? A principality, a power, a spiritual wickedness, 
or a ruler in heavenly places, just like behind you and I, God reigns. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, so behind every kingdom, there is a man or a woman's face, but behind their face is a kingdom, principality, power, ruler, or spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. We've seen that in Acts, the 13th chapter. Remember when Paul was, Barnabas were sent by the Holy Ghost, they ran into the deputy. The deputy wanted to hear the gospel, but the man that was with him was a sorcerer, and he rejected and tried to push Paul away. Paul, being filled with the Holy Ghost, smote him and said, let the hand of God come up on you, and you be blind for a season, you son of the devil. So, sure enough, he went blind for a season. That means that, you know what? We can overthrow these principalities and powers that are behind these people. No matter how advanced it is, it is not too late for the church to rise up and take places of influence to change the world and bring it back to Jesus Christ. I believe that. I believe that there is power. Jesus said the gates of hell shall not. Somebody say shall not. That doesn't mean that they're going to put gates around you. That means that there are gates around kingdoms that principalities and powers have set men in and you can storm those gates and overthrow and take those kingdoms because God promised that he would drive those kings out little by little. Least there would something rise up when Israel could not occupy the land. In other words, if there's a void, there is an enemy that's coming to take it. Could I get an amen? And so what we have to do is when we see opportunities in these places, and I'm going to show you how you can do that, that we move into these places and we begin to take the place of authority. There is no spiritual ruler, wickedness, principality, or power that is strong enough to withstand any believer. Remember, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. We are mightier than the mightiest in those kingdoms. Hallelujah. But we have to use our authority. Now, the church is not the kingdom of God, but it is a kingdom of people who are ruled by God. Thus, it expresses God himself. In Matthew 16, it says, God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. See, the church is to carry out the will of God. Not its own mission, the will of God. We are to carry out the will of God, the decrees of God, and fulfill the purpose of God. That's what the church is supposed to do. We are not to make our own formulas. We have a formula. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom. That is our job. Amen? All right. And so... It says, because when thy kingdom come, your will will be done. Now, these six other kingdoms are directly in opposition of God's will, decrees, and purposes. Thus, to his kingdom and the people who are in it, they are kingdoms of adversity. So, the battle is set. We are the soldiers of the cross. Come on. We are clothed with the armor of God, Ephesians, the sixth chapter. We have the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. 
pulling down strongholds as well as any type of vain imagination. In other words, these kingdoms are no match for an aggressive church. Amen. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, these kingdoms represent the six places that the righteous were to rule out of Genesis 1.26. And where the righteous are to rule, then there is victory and there is freedom. Matthew 16, 16 through 18 says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So we are to retake these kingdoms and orchestrate or set up God's plan and fulfill what God wants us to do, subdue and take dominion. We can do that. Could again an amen. All right. Now, the kingdom of family or the kingdom of education, the kingdom of government, the kingdom of finances, the kingdom of media, is, it is never too late. Remember, for such a time as this was Esther born. You and I were born for a time such as this. Come on, could again an amen. Absolutely. And if God be for us, who can be against us? There's no enemy a match for a believer. And what faith ever did, it will do now. What did it do? It subdued kingdoms. Faith subdued kingdoms. That's what it did. And you and I can be a subduer of kingdoms. Amen. Now, in their, these kingdoms, there are other kings that are under them. It's like media. Media is not just television. It's radio. It's website. It, they call it social media. It's, uh, uh, gosh, website. It's technology. It's texting. All of that. In Joshua, the ninth chapter, if you'll go there, Joshua 9 and verse 5. Let, let us just read just that verse, I think. Joshua 9 and verse 5. Uh, you sure that's it? Come on, David, that can't be it. If that's it, well, that must not be the one I'm looking for. I am looking for Joshua 9, 5. Go to the next verse. Oh, come on, hallelujah. I must have missed that one. All right, what I'm looking for is where Joshua came and found five kings of Amalek. Five kings of Amalek. Chapter 5, can't be chapter 5, Dr. Obalu. Now, if you're fooling me, me and you are both going to be hung out right here. Chapter 5. Oh. All right, what's chapter 5? Let's go to... In the valley of the coast and the great sea of Gensley. 10-5. Now, there you go, Dr. Obaloo. Here, hallelujah. That tells you. Could I have Joshua 10-5 by faith? All right, he, hallelujah. And therefore, the five kings of the Amorites. Now, remember, there was one kingdom of the Amorites, but here it has five kings. And the king of Jerusalem, and the king of Hebron, and the king of Jeremar and the king of yeah and the host and he camped before Gibeon and made war against it now under each one of these kingdoms there are extensions there is a kingdom 
or a king that rules over radio. There's a, cool, a king that rules over websites. There are kings that rule over technology. All of these are subservient kings, but they are subject to a higher principality and power. But these kings can be taken. Could I get an amen? They can be taken. And so we must realize that they are extensions of the one kingdom or one uh, ruler. Now, God wants you and I to come against these and overthrow them. Could I get an amen? amen? All right, now I'm quickly going to wrap this up. The kingdom of God, the church of God, somebody say the church, must be protected. It is one of the most sought after of the adversaries of anything that he wants. He wants the church taken out of commission. If you'll go to Acts 20 and let's go to 29. Acts 20, 29. The church must be protected from within. For I know that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. In other words, where there is no leadership, wolves rise up. What is a wolf? A sheep with a change of, addict, of appetite. That's it. That's all that a wolf is, is a, a sheep with a change of appetite. Wolves shall rise up from among you. Now we have to watch from those that are within. Go to get an amen. From those that are within. We cannot just say, well, everything that is, is. Everybody come. I see these signs, open arms and open hearts. Then I'd like to write under it, and stupid minds. Look, we love everybody. We preach to everybody. But we prove everybody. Amen. Amen. It has to be proved. All right? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 11, chapter, verse 13 through 15, that the devil closes himself like an angel of light. In other words, he comes like God, an ambassador from on high. He comes as a sheep, but his intent is to kill, to destroy, and to uh, kill and destroy. What does he do? He comes into churches in the form of ordinary people, in the form of believers. That's why we have to prove one another. That's why we get to know one another. That's why we rebuke, we uh, correct, we instruct with all long suffering. That is a way of life. Why would you be uh, uh, offended at someone that rebuked you? Well, how dare him? How dare him not? How dare him not? Shouldn't judgment begin at the house of the Lord? Amen. Absolutely. Why are we afraid if somebody judges us? We shouldn't be offended at somebody judging us. I know preachers to say, how dare you question what I said? I'm thinking, we ought to question everything you say now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who is afraid to have what they're preaching judged without criticism, criticism and attack? All right, so we have to protect ourselves from within. Uh, Matthew said 715, 
that there will be false prophets among us. In other words, we have to judge what is right and what is wrong. Amen? And that is one of the laxing places of the church is that we don't judge what's being said. And if it's said wrong, then we still accept them. And, you know, it's, it's just we need to be solid. And we need to judge what's being said, what's being transacted. We need to hold people accountable to what they're saying and what they're doing. And then if you look at a, let's go to a Jude. Jude. Jude 1 through 4. Watch this. And Judah went up. Oh, no, Jude, Jude, not Judge, it's Jude. You spell like I spell. <laughs> There's Jude. Hey, Jude, dude. And said, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, brother of James, the brother of Jesus, and to them that are sanctified by God the Father and are and are preserved in Jesus Christ and called mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common, of your, of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you, needful, 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 and to exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unaware, unaware, unaware. And it says they're unaware. They have crept in who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turned the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The church has got to be protected from within and from without. If not, this kingdom right here that expresses, establishes, and declares the kingdom of God will be polluted, defiled, powerless, and irrelevant to the age. Yeah, we have got to protect it. Could I get an amen? So we have to protect it from within and from without. So the church is a kingdom of priests and of kings ruled by God. It is opposed by these other six ruling kingdoms that were once in the hands of Adam. The power and the glory subject to Adam to be released to unveil God to the generations that would be born from his and Eve's loins. He would replenish the earth. These kingdoms would then dominate the activity of shaping the generations that were following out of Adam and Eve from the garden. Now, one man could not control all of that, but these he, these thrones here could control that because they control our world today. And so we're going to talk about these kingdoms in the coming days.
The first is the church. The church is a heartthrob of God. The church are the people that serve and submit and resign to the rule of God. And we are seeking to surrender any area in our life that is not subject to the kingdom of God, least the adversary gain advantage over us. Amen? So, we're going to learn about these things. Hallelujah. All right, praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to see the necessity that these kingdoms are ruling our lives. They are alive. They are prevalent. They need to be taken back. And I do believe that in the beginning of every generation, every 40, 40 to 50 years, I believe that a new opportunity opens up to the church. I do. Because every generation, remember that God brought Israel out of Egypt 40 years later, he takes them from the deserts across Jordan and into Canaan. And I believe that God is going to open an opportunity for this generation to influence these kingdoms, to overthrow these principalities and powers, and to rise up and cover this world with the glory of God. Did not God say, and the earth shall be covered with my glory? Where was that glory to come from? Those kingdoms. Come on, hallelujah. Let's take these kingdoms and let's declare the glory to this generation. We're going to do it. I'm telling you, David, one can put a thousand to flight. There is no devil or ruler of wickedness any match for us. Not, not in the least. Not just one, but now we have two. Now we have a multitude joining and discovering why the earth is so opposing to God because of the influence of its rulers in these kingdoms. And we're going to take it back. Amen? Let's unemploy Hugh Hefner. Let's just unemploy pornography. Let's just unemploy uh, uh, bankruptcy. Let's just unemploy poverty. Let's just unemploy government that rules by its own will and causes men to be submissive to it. Let's just rule and put righteous men in a place that they can rule, and they can rule by a righteous standard. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I think the world needs to hear about God. I think the world needs to see God in every aspect of itself, and we can turn a world. Well, how do you know? Because the world turned the church. Come on. And the church can turn the world. Amen. Why, why does the devil want the church silent so much? Because all things are possible to them that believe. Amen. See, he knows the power of the church. He knows the strength of Steve Yan. He knows the strength of Tammy. He knows the strength of Joe. He knows the strength of Eric. He is afraid of you. He knows the day of judgment is coming. And he knows the only thing that can stop 
his place of bringing the son of perdition up on the earth is the presence of the church. The presence of the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't ever doubt your power. Don't ever doubt your authority. Don't ever doubt that God's hand is on you and he's with you. Therefore, nobody can be against you. I'm telling you, God's waiting for people to say, we believe it is possible. That's what God's waiting for. We believe that, it is, that, it's, that it's possible. Come on, let's just be the people that God will use. Amen? Amen. Let's say, God, it's possible. Our communities can be changed. It's possible. Every drug addict can be saved. It's possible. Every prostitute can be saved. It's possible. It's possible. Every poverty area can be enriched and blessed by God. It's possible. Come on. Every sickness can be healed. It's possible. Come on. Every depressive soul can be liberated. It's possible. It's possible. Let the church arise. Hallelujah. And shine forth. Let us no longer be put under a bushel, but let us rise up and be the city that sits on a hill that draws the stranger, the broken, the forlorn, the, de the depressed, the, the hopeless, and the broken. Let them come, and Christ will touch them and heal them. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for you have endued us with power that we might be witnesses, witnesses of the rule, the authority, and the domain of Jesus Christ. That, God, we can be witnesses of the overthrow of the prince of this world. That, God, we can be witnesses that, God, you have granted to the church authority to cast out devils, God, to, to break down serpents and, and, and scorpions, God, and to break their domain, God, and to break every stronghold, God, in people's lives. It is the church's job, it is the church's privilege to set the captive free. And God, we will rise up and live, for we are the people that believe in our God. And they that know their God shall do great exploits. Hallelujah. We are that church. We are that church. We are that church. Hallelujah. 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 Not a church that dwells in the wilderness, but a church that has been born of he that lived in the wilderness that we might be set free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift our hands up. Just worship the King of glory. The King of glory. The King of glory. Hallelujah. 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 Praise Him, O gates. Praise Him, O gates, for the King of glory shall come. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God, we worship you. We give you praise and honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we decree right now that those that belong to the body of Christ, those that have been washed in the blood, we break the power, God, of poverty over their life. We break the power, God, of lack and limitation. And we decree that a little with a righteous man is much in the hands of God. And God, we decree that God, the seed that he's sown, that God, they'll come in. We call them forth in the name of Jesus. 
we command you, devil, loose the harvest of God. Let it ascend upon its rightful owners in the name of Jesus. We break depressive spirits that cause people to be hopeless, to cause them to be forlorn, to cause them, God, to be confused. We break the power of the devil over their mind. We command, God, that hope arise, that God, faith would live again in the name of Jesus. God, we loose right now the healing power of God. That sickness and disease looses the righteous, for we have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. We live under the rule of God that says, I take sickness and disease out of the midst of you. And we loose right now authority, God, a boldness of faith. God, that we will not be double-minded, we will not be tossed to and fro, but God, we shall live by faith. We are not emotional people, we are faith people. We are established upon the truth, and the truth shall set us free. It liberates us, shackles fall off, and God, we pronounce God favor. Favor that you decreed would be up on us and be around us. It would encompass us, God, as a shield. It will open doors, God, into areas that these thrones will be uh, influenced, God, that these thrones will begin to be transformed to the place that God will receive his glory. And that power will be returned to the righteous, to the seeds of those that were born out of the loins of the second Adam. Hallelujah. That never diminished his rule, but conquered the prince of this world and took back the throne. Hallelujah of dominion. And God, we are subduing these kingdoms for his glory and his power. Hallelujah. 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 We are the people of God. We are his kingdom of priests and kings. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you are here today, today is Membership Sunday, which I keep forgetting. Thank God for people becoming members in the mail. Hallelujah. But if you're here today, you're not a member of Only Believe Ministries Christian Center, you believe that God wants you here, then this is your opportunity to make an open declaration of confession before people that I believe in the tenets of the faith of this church and that you believe that God has planted you here and called you here. We are the trees of righteousness, the plantings of the Lord. And I believe that God plants people. So if you are here today and you say, you know what, this is a place that God has brought me, brought my family, and this is where we are going to worship God and we are going to be a part of the family of faith here at Only Believe Ministries Christian Center. If you'll just stand to your feet, come on down here. Phyllis and I want to pray with you and uh, just believe God and loose blessing upon you and upon your household. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 How you doing, young man? Tell me you're 40. Nope. You aren't? Nope. What do they feed you? Didn't I look like this once? Sorry. Oh, man. I didn't want to get struck by lightning. Congratulations. God bless you guys. How are you guys doing? Good, good deal. Did you get that here from Jackson Center yet? 
good. Praise God. God bless you guys. Hallelujah. Folks, if you'll all stretch forth your hand, we're going to pray for you, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we pray that the blessing of God that is upon this house would come upon their lives. God, let their faith be united. Let their faith be ignited, God. Let their faith grow and expand. Let the impossible become possible. And God, we pray that you would touch Phyllis and I's life again. That God, you would move us into a place that our voice would be the voice that they need to hear. That God, we will preach what you know that they have need of. That God, we will not back up, we will not compromise, but God, we will preach a bold faith of purity and godliness, God, of might and power, victory and resurrection. And God, we ask that you just make us better pastors than we've ever been for these people. God, just help us be all that we can be. That God, these will be all that they can be. Now God, we surrender ourselves to you. God, to be the shepherds of these people here today. And God, we ask you to keep them, to watch over them, to mend them, to heal them, to raise them up, God. Enlarge their tent borders, Father, and increase them and bless and prosper them. And we ask it, God, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Come on, guys. Give them a round of applause. Thank you. Would you go with him? We're going to meet you in the room in just a couple of minutes. Hallelujah. 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 Just one more moment. Every head bowed. If you're not here today, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you know, Jesus said you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. He come to give his life. And he's declaring unto you that the kingdom of God is at hand. The Bible says that all we need to do is to repent. Turn our lives over to Jesus. Turn away from a sinful life. Put our life into the hands of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that if we would confess Jesus Christ with our mouth, believe in our heart that God had raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. The kingdom of God is open to you today and is calling to you. Come, enter ye in. Now, you can stay out, but Jesus invites you in. He stands ready to forgive you of every sin, to wash you in his blood, and to make you a part of the kingdom of God, to make you a priest and a king unto himself. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, you're here today and you've wandered away from God, broken relationships with the church and with the kingdom of God, I encourage you today to take this opportunity to come home to the Father. Come home and let God reign in your life. If you're here today and you've never been a Christian, you're a sinner, there's only one way to have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that if you would simply believe upon him, you would not perish, but you would have eternal life. If you believe today, This is your opportunity to show it by coming forth, giving your life to him, and letting him rule in your life and in your heart. So today, if you're not a Christian, today if you're a backslider, 
raise your hand up and let me see it. Say, Pastor, that is me. I need to be right with God. Okay, I don't, I don't see any hands. All right, praise God. Stand your feet. Hallelujah. For all you golfers today, I pray that you come in second place to me. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, we do have the golf outing at 150, right? 150 at Shelby Oaks. Praise God. Wednesday night, don't miss it. Listen, God's going to bless. God's going to lift up. God's going to break free. And uh, we're going to be continuing along the lines. What have we been preaching? Why or how long or when does the Holy Ghost depart from a man? I'm preaching just series of stuff that people never ever confront yet is taking place every day in the church and in the lives of believers. So, Wednesday night, God bless you, 7 o'clock, in Jesus' name. Go and be blessed.